In this episode, I'll be exploring Senior Support Services, a day shelter specifically designed to help elderly homeless people safely navigate the streets or assist them into housing. Anaya Ito, the Director of Case Management at the shelter, works every day to ensure that each person searching for help gets the help they need, whether it be help with addiction, finding housing, or a job. Inside the shelter, it was crowded. Elderly people surrounded several tables eating hot lunch served to them. Their expressions were melancholic as they talked to each other over the sound of the front desk phone ringing. According to Nanai, this is how it always is at lunchtime. After helping some of the residents, Nanai began to explain the roles of the workers in the different rooms within the small blue and brick building on 18th Avenue that many of the residents consider a safe haven. Here's a clip of the tour. Um, as you can see, everyone has a, a member ID card. Everyone okay. who is a member at Senior Support Services gets a member ID card. They scan it in. Um, and then this is the front desk. <laughs> mm -hmm. They handle everything. All but, right. Um, so those two sheets, the orange sheet is for new members. Uh -huh. So if, if you're brand new to Senior Support Services and you'd right. like to become a member, you sign up there. The purple sheet is if you want to talk to a case manager about housing, benefits, you know, pretty much anything, you can right. put your name on there. All right. Um, and it is a wait list. Okay. Um, we keep mail for up to 30 days. Nanai then led me down a narrow hallway lined with various small rooms. And then this is um, our small kitchen, small and mighty kitchen. We serve three meals a day out of here. We have breakfast, lunch, wow. dinner. Yeah, so um, dinner is all volunteer based. So That's crazy. dinner is run by a bunch of different churches and they take turns every night to bring they buy the food they prepare the food they serve the food they wow. clean up yeah that was a lot of dedication absolutely and then this is our uh, food room uh -huh. so that's open every day Monday through Friday 1 to 2 and you can get up to 10 items a day wow. and it's usually like pantry items like canned rice, items, beans yeah. yeah canned soups and food right Sometimes we get things like Spam and Vienna sausages that people really like. Oh my gosh. Yeah, but that, those are expensive, so we don't usually get those. Wow. Um, this is our clothing room. So this one's only open three days a week, and people can get up to 10 items a month. Mm -hmm. um, so we, it's all donation-based, and it's all volunteer-run. We have um, hygiene products. We have soap, shampoo, conditioner, um, lotions, toothbrush, toothpaste. Wow, everything they need. That's so good. Mm -hmm. And it's all donation-based, so sometimes we run out, sometimes we don't have their size, you know, so it can be challenging, especially right. with the men's clothing. You saw that there was a majority men out there. Yes. Um, yeah. We run out of men's clothing all the time. Uh -huh. We just don't have enough. Wow. Yeah. And these are our case manager's offices. Hi. We're going to go in through the back sorry. Here. Oh, it's all right. Okay, so now this is like the admin area. Uh-huh. 
back area. So we have more food storage here. Cool. This is our kind of like household goods room. After explaining each room, we made it to Nanai's office at the end of the hall. The inside was warm and inviting, with a splash of light pink on the walls, illuminated by the daylight that came from a large window. Around the room, different potted plants were placed sporadically, and although it was late October, it was as if I had opened the door to spring. Then Nanai and I sat down, took out our lunches, and began talking. quickly go over some of what I think are the causes of um, mass homelessness in Denver. So the first one I would say is the booming economy here. It's bringing folks in, um, you know, young professionals coming in uh, in droves, like thousands and thousands per year. Um, and that is uh, pushing out people from the existing rental market. So they're looking for affordable house. So the people coming in are looking for affordable housing and then the renters are, uh, the rent, the landlords are seeing that there's a high demand for apartments. So they're raising their rent to, to meet the demand mm -hmm. and um, capitalize on people coming in and needing housing. But it's ultimately pushing out folks who have been living in those um, residences for years. Some of the people that we see here uh, have been living in an apartment for decades um, and they have they make $700 a month it's a fixed income they get it from Social Security and they, they only make like $750 a month and all of a sudden their rent jumps up to $1,500 from maybe $500 where they were able to make it by and now they're not able to so then all of a sudden they're they're getting evicted now they have an eviction on their record mm -hmm. now they owe money and it's really challenging to get people back into housing because they're just nothing that affordable anymore yeah um so then people are relegated to long wait lists for housing that are affordable um at least one year up to five years um it's pretty ridiculous next i wanted to mention something that i had already touched on in the first episode i wanted to get nanai's opinion on the drug problem and how she thinks it's affecting the homeless here's what she said So I looked at our 2018 annual report and it shows that 80% of our members report to have some mental health challenges. Uh -huh. um, and of course, in that 80%, there's a huge range of what they are reporting. Right. And it could just be uh, depression today, I feel really sad today. And uh -huh. it could be, you know, I have schizoaffective disorder, I'm I have schizophrenia and I don't take medications. Right. So, so it, it, it varies along the spectrum. And then 75% of our members reported some drug and or alcohol use. Um, and uh, not everyone that reported feels like that is a challenge for them or that is an issue for them. Um, but they did report using to some extent. Mm -hmm. um, so... It really depends on the person. So what we're here for and our case management team is here for is to really connect with the individual one-on-one -on -one and see what do they need in the moment. Yeah. So sometimes um, we can see that they come in intoxicated every day, 
but they are not interested and willing to seek treatment. So we're just going to meet them where they're at, uh -huh. and we're going to um, slowly build a relationship and trust and sometimes pepper in conversations about, hey, uh, you know, are, what are your goals? Like, are, you know, I notice that you come in really intoxicated every day. Um, what are your goals around that? Mm -hmm. it, it's okay if it's, I don't want to ever stop, you know. Right. But we meet people where they're at mm -hmm. rather than, okay, you're now a member and now you have to seek treatment and now you have to do this and that in order to remain a member. So we're very open in that way. And we, we try to remain flexible with, with the person. Mm -hmm. And then that being said, a lot of folks do come in and say, I have an issue with drinking and I really want treatment. That takes and, a lot. Mm -hmm, it takes so much. To admit that you have a problem Absolutely. Is very, very strong. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Lastly, I was curious as to how Denver is responding positively to the effects of homelessness. So I asked Nanai. This was her response. Would you want me to share with you some initiatives that are happening right now in yeah, Denver? That'd okay. Be great. So the first one that I wanted to talk about is the Social Impact Bond, which is the SIB. Uh -huh. So the project was you would the city of Denver receives private donor private donation funding from um, from these like you know, these uh, financial interests. Mm -hmm. So they're investing in Denver um, to house 200 people experiencing homelessness who are in the hospital the most, who are in the jails and prisons the most, who are in and out of mental health care and substance use treatment the most, and basically are costing the city a lot of money because they're in and out of these institutions. Mm -hmm. So they're, the, the social impact bond was trying to prove if we just provide them a stable place to live first mm -hmm. and then provide supportive services such as mental health treatment, a, a intensive case management, right. um, a substance use counselor in their home or, or around their home, um, you might see the cost of them... Uh, utilizing these services go down way uh, a, a lot dramatically wow. so that that has happened um mm -hmm. it has actually been pretty successful so um they housed about 200 folks and um um the program has proven to be pretty successful um saving the city some money so now they're creating 75 more units for this initiative this this social impact bond Now that I've learned a little more about shelters, I want to further explore them. Tune in to next episode as I visit the Coalition for the Homeless in downtown Denver. I'm Kayla Neal, and you've been listening to Denver's Investigation Homeless.